Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. For by him all things were created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Hebrews 11.3 and Colossians 1.16. Welcome back to the Spiritual Matters. I'm Ben Ruel. And I'm TC. Hey, we're just excited about today and really want to get into some things regarding uh, what's, what's happening in the spiritual realm and what's our place, well, our place on earth as well as in heaven. And uh, so we're looking forward to sharing today and looking forward to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. So without further ado, let us just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. We love you. We bless you. Father, open the eyes of our heart, Lord, so that we might know you, that we might see you. Let our ears hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Let our hearts, God, be prepared as good ground to receive the word, to bear forth fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold in the name of Jesus. We rebuke every spirit of distraction, every spirit that will try to bring any type of technological issues. In Jesus' name, we just thank you for a smooth flow. Thank you for your presence here, Lord God. Thank you for enveloping us all in your love. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. In the wonderful, awesome, mighty, all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey. So this is a continuation of yeah. what we started um, the last time we were with you guys. And so we were talking about the heavenly places right. in, in Christ Jesus. And so this week, we're talking about Christ's kingship and lordship. Right, right. Because the subtitle last week was, you know, heavenly blessings in heavenly places. Mm, right, right. So we're, we're, we're transitioning now into Christ's kingship and his lordship. So um, when we think about Christ's kingship, well, what does that mean to you? How does that look to you? Um, his kingship and his lordship. I don't know. I don't think I've ever really thought about it, but I guess just his ruling power over the dominions and the land that he's given. Right. Because, you know, when you understand the things of the supernatural realm, uh, he gave us, he gave Adam dominion, right? So as human being, as man, woman, we have dominion in this earth. And we, in turn, turn that dominion over to him to rule and to reign over the land that he's given us, the region, the cities, the states, the countries, and so forth. Um, and, you know, those principalities that he set in the different areas, right. in conjunction with them, now we're all lifting Christ up in those areas. However, if we don't, if we don't declare him as Lord and King over our lives first, and then outward to the nations and the areas, the regions, um, then he won't rule in those areas. And that's why you'll have certain neighborhoods, cities, uh, countries that are impoverished, that are overtaken with drugs, with prostitution, with sex trafficking and so forth, uh, because there is another entity that has given power and reign and kingship in those areas. 
Right. Amen. Amen. Because you, and, and just to go along with your saying, the thing that I think about is that, just like you said, of course, he's Lord of our lives. Yeah. And when we say Jesus is Lord, we have a tendency as believers just just meaning he's Lord of our lives. He, we, do we really understand that he's Lord of all? He's Lord of all. And we're his people. That's why he said, wheresoever your feet tread upon is yours. Yeah. But it's not ours to rule for ourselves. It's ours. He said, occupied till I come. It's ours in order that we might occupy it and that he may be, a, and like you said, enthroned in those regions and territories because he is the king of kings. He's the king of every king. He's the Lord of every Lord. He's the Lord of even the enemy. The Bible even called him the God of gods. Yeah. The capital G-O-D of little case G-O-Ds. He's the God of God. In other words, everything is subject to him. But what the way it works is that who dominion, like you were saying, was given to mankind. Yeah. And whoever is our Lord and whoever rules in that region, whoever is their Lord, get to rule over that region as Lord. Mm-hmm. Because God would never force himself in on us in our, our persons, our homes, our neighborhoods, our territories. He needs someone to stand in the gap. Right. And that this is now we're talking about a principle. Right. In in the spirit realm, right. a principle in the things of the supernatural. It starts with God. He's not going to force himself right. on us exactly. at all. And but guess what? The enemy can't force himself on us either. That's right. That's right. They both need permission. They need to permission. Do so. Right. So that's why the Bible that we have to yield to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Then the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Right. But then if you read Proverbs chapter number seven, it talks about a whore to lay weight on every corner. Mm-hmm. Now, what one person, well, one woman, one whore lay weight on every corner is dealing with a principality. Right. And I believe that principality was uh, Asteroid. Mm-hmm. So she was in control of that territory. And the Bible says that this whore caught a young man that was simple. He was ignorant. You know, he um, didn't know truth. Mm-hmm. And then she, then the Bible said with her f- great flattering, with her flatterings, she caused him to yield. Yep. And then after he yielded, she forced him. Yes. So the enemy, once you yield to him, he forces you to do what he wants you to do. Well, he would, and things that you don't want to do. Well, right, that's right. I'm sorry. Right. He forces you to do the things that you don't want to do. And uh, even the things that you might think you want to do, you don't really know what's happening behind the scene. Mm-hmm. But when you yield to the Holy Spirit, he helps you to do his will, yeah. which is greater than anything we would ever want to do. It's, it's just so amazing to me how just throughout the years, how God has used us. Mm-hmm. And it's just so far beyond anything that I could have ever comprehended or imagined. Yeah. I mean, to see crooked bones just straighten up. Legs turning, hunchbacks being healed. I mean, just yielding to the Holy Spirit. He helps you to do what is impossible for us to do. But even when you look at the dark side, once you yield to the enemy, he'll force you to do what he wants you to do. And it can even look good and deceptive. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible says that the man of sin, when he comes, he, he's going to come with all types of lying wonders, signs lying and signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. But what we, as the body of Christ, 
must begin to do is take authority and dominion over wherever we are. Yes. And I'm not just talking about where your where your feet are. I'm not just I'm think about your feet. And now think about the the um the city. Think about the city. Because your feet is in that city, you have authority there. Yeah. You know, I don't think a lot of people realize that. I know for me growing up in the Lord, when you would when I would hear leaders talk about you know, the region that the Lord has given them and stuff like that. They normally talk about the church right? and right. where the church is. That's so but true. But it's so far beyond a building, just like you're saying. We are the church. Right. So we are. literally our vessel is the church. So wherever we go. That's right. That's what the Lord, how the Lord set it up. It's in his word. Wherever your feet tread upon is yours. But a lot of believers don't understand that. Unfortunately, the enemy knows that and right. his followers and priests and uh, priestesses understand that. And so they do deceptive things to take that power, that dominion, that um, authority that we have, um, that everybody, that everybody has. Right, right. And so they try and take that um, sneakily, if you will. Right. Uh, but anyway. Uh, just even to your point, I remember we were at, I think we were at a conference or something like that. And we had met um, some believers and we were just talking casually. And they were, uh, they were talking about how they lived in a certain area um, of Atlanta and they weren't too fond of the area, but you know, I guess they bought a home there and they were there and they'll be there until hopefully the Lord moved them soon. And, one of the things that I had the thought to share with them is that I know for us, the Lord has moved us a few times over the the past, I don't know, seven years. And every single time he moves us to a new area, there's an assignment there sure in is. our home yep. for that neighborhood, for that region, for that area. So I was, you know, just telling this person start to think beyond just you know we're at home and we don't really like this area so we're going to move to a better area why does the lord have you there right could it be to pray and break some strongholds and principalities in that region so that it can become a better area good question right so but i don't think a lot of believers understand or know that Right. And I, I think the reason why is because I believe the reason why is because it's not being taught. Yeah. It's not being taught. Yeah. And and that's unfortunate. And then the other thing is you we might wonder, well, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Yeah. When we read in the word of God, it took one old man, one old man to rescue a whole city. Mm. We read the word of God, two leopards. One in, and uh, the enemy fled because God made them sound like an army, and they had all these well, all this wealth. Mm-hmm. See, what we have to understand is, and, and we'll talk about this the next uh, episode. That it's, 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 we have to stop trying to work for God. When you work with somebody, you expect comp- compensation, mm-hmm. right? But Instead, we must work with God. Yes. And God, according to Matthew 16, the Lord working with us. 
See, and what happens is because, like Jesus said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand, right? Right. And so the devil knows that. Mm -hmm. So he tries to segment and separate the church or the brethren. Like here, even here over the past year, the devil has been working hard to bring division in his ministry and has some, some, you know, just a little bit of a success at it. But the Lord has had us get together, group talk and all that kind of stuff to expose the devil and what he's trying to do, because there's a powerful thing that's going on here. God is moving in the mighty and a wonderful way. And the enemy sees what we don't see in the realm of the spirit. That's not as far as we think. Because even with this vision for the global city of refuge, we're reaching the globe with the glory of God. To bring refuge to many around the world, linking up with our brethren, my brethren, whether here and abroad, in order to have a collaboration in the army of God. To bring together these different pieces of the house of God, which is the church, in unity. Right. And when there's unity, where unity is, there's power. So I said that to say that we, we are here and God has given us dominion. And we're, and we're walking in that dominion. Yes. But we need our brothers and sisters around us also in different ministries to walk in that dominion so that we can walk together. Because every part of the puzzle is missing a piece. And we're not the whole puzzle. We're just a piece of the puzzle. So we're missing a piece and we need our brethren to come and connect. And we connect with our brethren on every side in order to, to bring about this beautiful puzzle of the Lord. Right. Because the Bible says that we know in part. Right. Not one person knows everything. Right. And, you know, even for us, you know, people may look at us like, oh, you you guys know a lot. Well, yeah, the Lord has revealed a lot, but we don't know everything. Exactly. And so we love to to talk to other believers and to 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 learn and to grow and to see what the Lord has revealed to them so that we can connect the pieces right. and make a clearer picture. Right. Because um, even... Um, I think it was, uh, I, I'm not, I, I don't remember her name, but a woman of God that, uh, she was talking about the, the, the portals and stuff like that. And so we got her DVD set and cause the Lord was showing us some things. Right. And she confirmed a lot. And she and confirmed a lot. everything that the Lord was saying, but then even took it further to where now we're like, okay, well let's speak to. Uh, you know, whatever portal that is nearby that we understood now that that's what it was. Right. And so we were able to close, uh, close it from the enemy, cleanse it, lift it back up to God. That lift, kingship. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and right. be ye lifted up your ass and lords. And the king of glory, the king of kings and lord of lords shall come in. Right. So just like we were talking about before, understanding that whose king are you submitted to? Are you submitted to Jesus or are you submitted to Satan? Or are you submitted to to a man that's deceived you and he's become an idol? And But the Bible tells us, Paul said, "Be I, I wish that you would not worship idols because behind every idol is a devil. Right. So even a man that's an idol, that's why we don't idolize ourselves to anybody. Anybody that tries to idolize us, we shut that down immediately because the enemy wants us to puff up ourselves, to make it seem like we're so great. Right. And to, uh, you know, have people to, to flock to us like we have all the answers, like we know everything. I tell people I don't know everything, but the only thing I do know is everything I know. Right. 
So when we, um, you know, receive that information from our dear sister in Christ and implemented it, like we literally saw results of it. Like, you know, we were in a neighborhood. It, it wasn't like a bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like the best neighborhood. But we prayed. We, like I said, we cleansed, we gave that, that spiritual gate back to the Lord Jesus for him to use, for his glory to come through into that land, into that region, that area. And literally we saw the effects of it. All of a sudden we would hear birds chirping and singing. And that's one of the, the effects of understanding that where it was, there was none before. Never heard a bird chirp. We've been there three years Mm -hmm. or so. Mm -hmm. Never heard a bird chirp once. And all of a sudden we're hearing birds singing and stuff like that. So you're, we're understanding now that we've cleansed the area. So now the animals can come right. back right. And, and, and flourish and, and, and sing of right. the Lord's right. glory and whatnot. Because the animals, even especially the birds, are very sensitive to God's presence. Yeah. Because I remember when we started our ministry in my house, how... Doves will fly into the lawn during worship in the morning, and um, just the windows weren't even open. I don't believe, and they would just come into the lawn and just start spread their wings like this and start bowing down. It was it was bananas. But like my wife was saying to those portals, those earth gates, and those sound gates, when we sanctify them, because that's what the enemy uses. Yeah. When you see a lot of drugs in the community, you hear a lot of the music, the murder, death, kill music, and all that stuff the sexual perverted music and all that stuff. That's those, you have to really understand that a lot of this music is being funneled from hell. And that's how people are getting it and writing it. Or they'll get, they'll, they'll smoke weed and get high in order to connect with the spirit in order to get these lyrics from hell. So then through the sound gates into the communities and the neighborhoods, it is open to demonic forces, open to hell. So what God has given us the wisdom to do was to reclaim these gates and lift them up into the Lord so that the Lord can flow through them as opposed to the enemy. And we've seen results with this thing. Yeah. Have a question. Right, right, right. Yeah, so he's, the question is, um, to really uh, go a little more in-depth as to what that idolization means and with not just apostles, but even idolizing ourselves. And what that looks like is, if you are making a man an idol, you can't live without that person. And and then they make you feel like you're you're nothing without them. You can't do anything without them. You're You're no one without them. Jesus is the only one that there were nobody because we were nobody before him and he made us somebody. So there is no one that can place, replace Jesus. So and even in, in making, that's why my wife, I, like I'll reiterate, we don't let allow people to put us on a pedestal. We are human with God in us. Now, I don't mean we use that as an excuse to go sin. We don't, but we're not perfect. So we don't want anybody to think that we are Jesus and treat us like Jesus and worship us like we're God. No, like the angel said, see that you not do it. Worship God. Let's worship him together. When people get healed, like I remember when um, my wife, we were at a ministry and this woman had breast cancer. She had a lump 
and it was pretty serious. And so at toward the end of the service, she came up and she she asked, she said, can y'all pray for me? I've been diagnosed with breast cancer and blah, 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 blah. So I asked, I said, well, can my wife, because she touched the lump, because she touched the breast? And then she was like, yes, yes. So my wife touched the breast, not me. My wife touched the breast. I touched my wife's shoulder and we prayed. And the woman said she felt heat. She went looking for the lump and the lump was gone. And then she she just collapsed in my wife's arm and I had to catch both of them. And then she would just say, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, 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 and my wife said, don't thank me. Thank the Lord. And I said, come on. And I grabbed her and I stood up and I said, let's come on. Let's worship the Lord. Let's give God glory. So we could have been like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, 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 we anointed. We got power to heal cancer. No, no, we don't. It's Jesus Christ in us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus, he, as an example, as a man walking this earth, he said, I, I could do nothing of myself. But he said, but the Father in me does the work. So it was he, Christ in us that healed the woman of God. And so we heard from her not too long ago, probably about six months ago. And um, she was like, okay, now uh, they tested my blood and they found something weird. Could y'all pray? So we prayed again. She went to the doctors, got the results of the test maybe a couple weeks later. And then she said, I'm still cancer free. Praise God. Amen. Amen. They call her their miracle patient. So it, it would have been easy for us to be feeling ourselves as if, like, like Peter said, look at, looking at us as if we'd done such a great work. No, it's Jesus. It's him, to him be all the glory, all the glory. So that's in a way of, you know, making yourself an idol, making people look towards you and making people feel like they're nothing without you. We've never, ever done that. Why? Because I was in ministries like that. And when God brought me out of ministry, you know, that type of ministry, God chased me for about six months. And he said, all that time I've been teaching you what not to do. So it was a Bible three-year process of God remaking me, reconditioning me, renewing me, transforming me into what He wanted. So, and then also we could we could look at ourselves as God. Let's even think about, uh, you know, when you say, "I got to make this thing happen. I got to do this. I have to do that." You know, you 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 depending on yourself as if you have power in yourself. But you don't. Things come from two sources in this world. Yes, you can work hard. God will bless your labor. And it's a, it's a law that if you labor, then you'll reap. You, you sow, you'll reap. You sow with your labor, you'll reap. But really thinking that it's all on you to do things, that's making yourself an idol. Because if you feel like it's all on you to do things and you see some success, then you make yourself a God. Now you're out there telling people, that, uh, you know, to, to give you money and all that kind of stuff in order to, you know, be where you are and all that kind of stuff. But the, the, the bottom line is the key that God blesses us or Satan makes us look blessed. I'm saying that again. God blesses us or Satan makes us look blessed, which is really a curse. So submit yourselves unto God. He, don't be proud. Don't be arrogant. That's, that's idolatry. That's why he said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So let's all humble ourselves before God. And even as leaders, we humble ourselves to do God, those who God has called us to lead and to serve. The greatest leader, Jesus said, is the greatest servant. So we're here to serve. We're here to serve you. 
We're here to serve people that are here. And that's all we want. All we want for people is what God wants for people. All the only will we want for people is the will of the Father. So um, that's how you negate that. That's how you avoid that. That's how you escape that trap of becoming an idol or idolizing other people. Jesus is the only thing. He's the only one. He's the only way. Amen. And you want to look at uh, also the root of where did that come from? You know, when we look at the, we're not going to go, I'm not going to go into it, but if you look at Genesis 6 where the uh, fallen angels came and they took wives of, of women, uh, the men, uh, the daughters of men, and they bore sons, mm-hmm. and they bore children. And these children were hybrids, half angel, half human. And so in the land during that time, these hybrids, these Nephilim were looked at as uh, men of renown or as giants. Or if you go deeper into that, it literally means heroes. So that's where the current day superhero comes from. So, you know, that's, that's, that's where the root of all of that comes from. Right. You know, when people say, Oh, this person's my hero or whatnot, we are to only look to Christ in that way because it's dangerous to, to, to put someone up on a pedestal to look at them as a hero or even we have, you know, American idol. Like all of this stuff is strategic. Right. Do not be deceived by the world because it's it's very subtle, but there is a meaning and a purpose behind it. This is not just coincidence. Right. They understand uh, you know, what it is. The powers at the top who are, you know, enforcing these things, there is an agenda that is being pushed forth. And so you know, even as far as that, it's subtle and it's everywhere. You know, it's even infiltrated in schools and whatnot. Right, like, right. who is your who's your hero? Who do you look up to? Well, we're supposed to only look to our father in heaven for everything. Right. So when you start to look at other people as heroes, are you talking about celebrities, superstars? Again, these fallen angels were, you know, the stars of heaven are literally angels. When you when you read and and uh you know the Bible talks about the stars and how you know they 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 rejoice they sing of the Lord and all of that these are beings these are entities. So that's why you know apostle was saying behind every idol is idol a devil is a demon. Right. 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 So and it's all set up that way. So if you look at the root of where it comes from, it's it's demonic in the root of it. Right. We are only to look to Christ at, as 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 a hero, if you will, or, or as a role model. He is the standard. Right. Nobody else is a standard. <laughs> Amen. You so. know, I have this T-shirt that I absolutely love. It's like a high rise building, but all you see is the beam. And you see the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Superman, Batman. And Spider-Man and Jesus is sitting on the uh, iron post. And then in a, in a quote, Jesus is telling them, this is how I save the world. <laughs> I love that T-shirt because it's so real. Jesus is the one who saved the world. 
Yeah. And um, I mean, just think, a lot of these concerts and TV award programs, they are they are really satanic rituals. Yeah. And it's becoming clearer and clearer and clearer. And that's why when you see these so-called accidents and these mass killings or death at these concerts, these are sacrifices. Yeah. They're sacrifices. The devil will always want you to be sacrificed or to sacrifice somebody you love. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus was sacrificed for us. We don't have to be sacrificed for salvation or to be blessed. We just receive the sacrificial offering of the Jesus Christ so that our sins can be wiped away, so that we could be restored and renewed back to the place with God where he intended. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's a deception to lead people away from looking at the Lord, reverencing and honoring the Lord. Instead, you're honoring and you're reverencing a celebrity right? in that way. And that's that's not okay. It, it's really not. But it's really just to get people off track and to get into idol worship. Because right. that was that was a major thing it, it, back it, in the day with Israel. Sure like they kept they kept going after other gods, other idols. They would worship, you know, graven images and they would make the golden calf and you know, and people still do you if you look at different cultures, they still do it. Right, right. But they it's under the guise as Oh, that's their culture. That doesn't no. make it right. Now these gods have different names. There's three major principalities. That is um, Molech, it's Baal or Baal, and uh, Asheroth. Just the golden calf was Baal. Yeah. You know. So, and these are the same gods that are in control over the United States and, and many other countries of the world because they are bringing things together in order to introduce the antichrist but we'll get into that another right time. and unfortunately people who serve satan who who know that he is who he is and they committed their lives to him they have put his kingship right in those areas so now those principalities rule in those areas right right and that's why going full circle back to where we as believers have to stand up in the power and the confidence of Christ yeah. in order to retake territory and take dominion over every creepy thing. Remember, God gave us dominion over every creepy thing that creeps upon the earth. Mm -hmm. So we know what these creepy, not just insects, talking about naturally and spiritually. So um, we have the power. Jesus said that he gives us power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the evil one. So we have to understand that we are the ones that are endowed with power from on high, according to the book of Acts. Let's go into another scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. I'm sorry, verse 20 and 21. It says, you know, which, which he wrought in Christ. When he talked about the father wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him on his own right hand in the heavenly places. So not only is, an, is he on the right hand, see, number, just show everybody something. God is everywhere. Yeah. And wherever God is, Jesus is at his right hand in the heavenly places. So he's in, at his right hand in the heavenlies. And he's far above principalities. All principalities. 
and all powers and all might and all dominion and every name that is named. That's both fallen angels, demons, as well as humans. He's the name. His, he's above every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. So when we go to heaven, his name will always be above every name that is named. So that shows us there that we, we have to understand that Jesus is everywhere at the right hand of the Father. But we must, you know, invoke his kingship over territories you know, invoke his kingship over um, where we are, cities, the government, the uh, our neighborhoods, our families. Lord, you are king. You are ruler. In the name of Jesus, we, we displace every principality and power. We rebuke you and bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. But it can't be just us. We have to get together and stand as one against the forces that be. Because guess what? These witches, these warlocks, these Satanists, you don't see them in fighting against each other. But you see the church. I'm not talking about their rituals to see who's going to have power. But, you know, so, of course, they have a light side of the dark system and they have a dark side. That's where you see, like in Star Wars, the light side of the force or the, the, the good side and then the bad side of the force. That represents Satan's demonic kingdom. And how there are people that are wicked and white, white witches or good witches. But then there are also people who are very evil and all that kind of stuff. So that's what Satan is talking about, knowing the difference between good and evil. Where they're both is empowered by demonic forces, but one side pretend, you know, pretending to be light. That's why the Bible tells us that if Satan masqueraded as an angel of light, no wonder his ministers as ministers of righteousness. So they, they, they want to look good, even in the church. You know, there are people that are pastors and are leaders, that people that you'll see on TV, that they work directly for Satan. Their message is not about Jesus. Their message is about felt needs. It's about flesh. It's about things that can be good to the eyes, good to the flesh, and proud of life. That's how you can tell it's demonic, because that's what Satan used against Eve. So... But the kingdom, a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. And Jesus says Satan's kingdom not divided against itself. So the whole thing that we have to understand is the enemy's ploy is to separate us. Separate us based on the color of skin. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Based on where we're from, how much money we have, how much money we make, you know, how we talk and cultural and all that kind of thing, all those things. But God, all those things are... It's the spice of life. Variety is God's spice in life. God is such a creator. He's able to create us all different, but all the same at the same time. Yeah. And I, just as you were talking, I was, uh, I guess a picture was coming to my mind because I have heard testimonies of uh, people in the system who have said that, you know, literally their family members tried to kill them. But because Satan had a use for them, they weren't allowed to do that, to, you know, actually make that come to pass. But even above that, the Lord had a, a plan for that person. Right. So whether Satan gave the okay or not, he has no authority in that in that realm or whatever. Um, everything the say-so comes from, comes from our Heavenly Father. Right. But... 
when you're talking about a kingdom divided against itself can't stand, here's the thing. In the kingdom of Satan, like, they're pretty much all on the same page as they all hate us. Right. You don't have some that are just like, you know, I really love Christians and I want to help them. You don't have that. Mm -mm. That would be a division because when people do start to, you know, the Lord starts to tug at them, the Holy Spirit starts to unction them to come out. There's an issue. You know what I mean? At that point there now there's a butting of heads and they can no longer stay in the system. They have to either uh, be eliminated or if they do run to Christ, they're then protected, but they can no longer stay in the system. Right. However, with the body of Christ, it's a lot of, it's, I mean, there's so many that, that hate their brethren. And, you know, some people think of that word as harsh, but the Bible says, if you love anyone less, that's considered hate to the Lord. Right. To love less. If you're, uh, what is it, um, a respecter of persons, like you favor one person over the other, that's the same thing. And so there's a lot of that in the body of Christ, unfortunately. And so that's what, that's what we're talking about, that division right. that, you know, a, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. If you, if you are not on one accord with one another, then... How can the glory of God come? Right. Because the prerequisite for the glory is this unity. We see that when Solomon, you know, completed the temple, the Bible said that the the priests, the kings, the musicians, the dancers, the worshipers, the ministers were all on one accord. And then the glory fell. You look at in the book of Acts, it said they were in one place on one accord in the same place at the same time. And then the glory fell. That's that's what the enemy is trying to prevent. He doesn't want the this end time glory to be manifest because we're talking about a powerful move of God, a powerful revival, which means people are rising from the dead, not just in the world, but also in the church. Amen. Amen. So uh, so just looking at us, even as humanity. How the enemy separates humanity and makes one above the other and pit one against the other. Yeah. Not know, but us not knowing that if we come together, we can destroy the enemy. And yeah. I'm going to show you a, a, another reason why the enemy doesn't want us to be unified. He wants everybody to be in their own people group that's based upon, you know, man and the society that's been formed by the, by the devil himself. I'm going to tell you why he wants, you know, so-called white people to be with so-called white people and so-called black people to be with so-called black people, brown and yellow, all just the same. It's, it's, it's greater than just a cultural unity, but it's a, hum, a human separation. It's a separation of humanity. Yeah. And I'm going and I'm to I'm share, so we're going to go into some things, some visions and some experiences that we, supernatural experiences that we have, uh, you know, with this and, I believe it's really going to bless you. It'll really open people's eyes up to some things. But before we do that, Revelation chapter 19, verse 16. And it says, uh, he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Like my wife said, he has the final say. Even when you look at Job, Satan had to get permission from God to even touch Job. And he still does. And he still does. 
So, um, and then we read that Jesus, it was seated at the right hand of the Father in, in the heavenlies, in the heavenly places. Acts 17, verse 7, verse 5, 55 and 56 says. Acts 7. I'm sorry. Thank you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Acts 7, verse 55 and 56 says, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, talking about Stephen when he was being stoned to death, he looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus on the right hand of God. So Jesus is at the right hand of God. The Bible says that he's ever living, to, ever to make intercession for us, you know. And also it says, and behold, he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. So he saw, he looked steadfastly into heaven, mm-hmm. right? And then he saw Jesus on the right hand, but his eyes was open and he saw the heavenly realm. Yeah. Not just heaven itself, but he looked up into the heavens. He said, I see the heavens, the different realms and dimensions. And even in those different realms and dimensions, we got to see that Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's at the right hand of the Father. So we have to know this by faith. We have to receive it and understand it according to the word of God, because God cannot lie to him. There's no darkness at all. And God's want, God, he wants us to be equipped with the truth because the truth makes us free, but also the truth demolishes the lies and deception. The only thing that kills deception is truth. And truth is based upon love, God's love. So, so as I was saying, this is a vision that uh, Zechariah had where, and it wasn't just really a vision, it was an experience that Zechariah had. And so in Zechariah 3, 7, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou would walk in my ways, and if thou would keep my charge, then shalt thou also judge my house. And he's talking to a man, and thou, and thou shalt keep my courts. In other words, you'll have authority in the house of God and outside of the house of God. And I will give you places to walk among these that stand by. So let me set up the background for you. The Bible, when you go read it from verse 1, it talks about how Satan took the high priest, Joshua the high priest, not Joshua the servant of Moses, but Joshua the high priest in that day. Um, And he stood before God opposing or accusing Joshua the high priest. And then, and then, uh, Zechariah said, and the Lord said, I rebuke you, Satan, even the Lord rebukes you. Which means Jesus was at the right hand. And he interceded for Joshua, the high priest, and said, I am the father rebuke you. And so uh, then the Lord said that Satan left. And then the Lord said, change his garments, take off his filthy garments. Right. Which means that there was an issue. That. That the Joshua the high priest was in some way in, in sin. So Satan took him before the Lord. And I don't know if it was an avatar of him. I don't think it was him personally. But I believe he showed them a picture of him. Or some type of avatar. Whatever he did in the spirit realm. And so the Lord said, change his clothes and put him on white raiment. Which is an obvious sign that even though Satan was accusing him. Joshua, the high priest, was probably somewhere in the earth repenting. 
And so they did. And then Zechariah, the, the prophet, and said, put on him a fear of might upon his head, which re represents the renewal of authority. And uh, so then he began to, God began to talk to Joshua and said to him that if you will walk in my ways. So look at what he's saying. Listen to what he's saying to Joshua, who was in sin that repented, that God changed his raiment, took off the filthy rag and put him on new raiment, white and clean. And then also put a, 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 a diadem upon his head, a crown upon his head, which represents authority. And then he said, if you will walk in my ways. And I want to, I want every believer to hear this because God has God, Satan has accused us. God has forgiven us of every sin once we repented. And then he said, if you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my charge and what I've called you to do, he says, then you shall also judge my house. I will make you a leader over my house. I will, I will, I will give you to bring justice in my house. Then he said, and shall also keep my court. In other words, you know, you're going to keep everything as a leader, especially I'm talking to leaders, keep everything pure before the presence of God. And I will give you places, places, heavenly places to walk among them that stand by. Now you have to understand that they were in heaven. They're before the throne of God. And the Lord said, if you will walk in my ways, if you would do what I tell you to do, and I will give you places, I will cause you, I will give you places to walk in the heavenly realm. Because that's where the angels are, in the spiritual realm. In other words, he said, I will give you authority in the heavenly realm where the angels are. That's why Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Why? Because we are in multidimensional, we're multidimensional beings in multiple dimensions at the same time. But we're so used to walking in this world and walking in this earth that we are not cognizant of that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. And we, we have authority to rule in the spirit realm. Yeah. So, um, one of the I think it was a vision. It's either a vision or a dream that I had. And I was in heaven. And I saw, <laughs> we were reading, I literally saw the Father on his throne, high and lifted up. And out of him came Jesus and stood at, you know, the right hand of on his throne and when i saw that then it's like i saw this these sh beams of light mm. shoot out from the throne and the only way that i can really describe it as which i've told this story before but um the only way i can describe it as is as a projector you see a projector right. and it it projects the light, but it also projects an image out from that light. Mm. And that's what it was. Out of his throne came these beams of light projecting outward. And it was like a stadium full of people. It was like a stadium, like his like his throne. The throne room was like a stadium. And we were all seated, you know, in this stadium. But we were first in him. Mm -hmm. 
And the light that projected out was us. Was us, amen. And now I was seated in this in in my seat in this stadium, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wow, this is amazing. So then I see the Lord Jesus. He walks through. Um, he walks down and like towards the bottom floor. And he's going out, you know, he walks past the beasts, past all the angels worshiping the father on the throne. And he walks out to like a balcony. And so I follow him. I follow him out. And we're standing on this balcony and I'm just staring at him because I'm like, I'm standing next to Jesus. This is crazy. (laughs) But he's, he's occupied with something else. He's, he's got a look of concern on his face. He's, you know, there's something going on. So then at that point I come, you know, I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess I was like fangirling over Jesus, but then I realized that there was something that was going on that I needed to pay attention to. And so I looked at him and I saw that he was looking over the balcony down. And so I looked to see what he was looking at and he was looking down and it was literally looking through the heavens, the different dimensions, but he was looking at earth. And when I looked, it's like I could see, like it was far, but it was close. And I could see all the people mm. on earth, like walking around, you know, minding their own business or whatever. But when I look back to him, he was so sad, almost like tears, crying, like just, just th- there was a turmoil going on. And so um, at that moment, I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, but I think he looked back at the father, back at the throne, because at that point it was behind us. So we looked, so I looked back because I'm like, what are, I want to see what you're looking at. And there was a throne, there was a throne, of course, the, the, uh, our father's throne, but there was a, what was it? A... a like a burnt offering that was before his throne. Mm. And so it's almost like he blew or something and there was a fire that came up from this burnt offering before the father. And it was like he blew. And I mean, it was like this wind, this like whirlwind that came and took the burnt offering and it just went, with the wind was it coals of fire i don't know what it was Hmm. but um it was fire that went with this wind and it went down over past us over the balcony down to earth and as it was raining this fire and ash it changed to to water Hmm. as it hit the atmosphere and there were certain people. So I looked back down and I'm looking to see who it's, who, what is going to happen? Because <laughs> you see this fire going. So you're, I mean, automatically, I think people are dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, it was this fire that came down. When it hit the atmosphere, it turned to rain. And as I saw it hit people, it turned to blood. Mm, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's a picture of the revival that's to come. That's the, I'm telling you, it's about the, I've seen this thing. 
I've seen it. I'm telling you, I've seen it. Oh, over 20 years ago, I remember sitting in my kitchen and uh, at the dinette set, and uh, I'm just reading the Word of God, and I'm meditating, I'm praying, meditating on the Lord and praying. And then all of a sudden, my ceiling rolled back like a sardine can. And then I see this cloud, this iridescent, beautiful cloud. The cloud was alive, people. It was alive. And I saw this thing swirling like this. And that's just like when you were talking about how it, that was swirling in heaven. Mm. But the cloud was swirling. And then I said, Lord, what is that? He said, that's the, that's the pending move of my kingdom that's for an appointed time. He said, that's my glory that should be revealed in the end times. So then um, maybe some days after that, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it was the same day or some days after, because it was so long ago, that uh, I was just in prayer and I got on my knees before the Lord and I was caught up in the vision and I saw the glory of the Lord. I saw the glory was so thick that you can barely see in front of you. And what I remember, I was on my knee holding the microphone and my arm around my son's waist. And uh, he was, hey, he, he was worshiping the Lord. He had his one hand up and he had a microphone in his hand worshiping the Lord. And the crazy thing is that the awesome thing is, the crazy awesome thing is that he's our worship leader. And back, But back then he was about maybe six or seven years old. We didn't even know he could sing. <laughs> so... But but we heard what what I heard was people crying, people worshiping, people praising. I heard demons crying out of people. I heard bones clicking. I heard people just being healed and delivered, and 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 I, so I came out of that vision, and I sat on the couch, and I was just so messed up. I mean, you, I was there. It was real. This vision was one of those things that was tangible. I felt the presence of God. I felt the hate, the weight of the glory of God. People was underneath chairs. I mean, no one was, I mean, it was just like everybody I could see was on the floor. It either balled up or crying on their face or their, whatever. It was just, the glory was so heavy. The tangible glory of God was so heavy. And then I, I, I finally put myself together. I was weak. I had to pull myself on the, on the couch. And I sat down there for a while. And I was unctioned to turn on the TV. So I, I just hit the power button. And that's when TBN was really like, man, God was moving through TBN. Um, I don't know so much now. I don't watch it anymore. But right partially pointed at me through the TV. He pointed at me and said, God just showed you. God just showed you the vision. I mean, immediately after I turned the TV on, he said, God just showed you the vision. He showed it. He showed you what he's going to happen. What's going to happen. He showed you what he's going to do. He just showed you the vision. And I was messed up again. I was back on the floor crying. And I was just so messed up again. Because what we have to understand is God, the Lord is looking down upon us. And there's so many similarities you know, that I'm just even putting together with the, the experiences I had to what you just said, you know, when, um, so I was just saying that God, he's, he's bringing us together. He's purifying the church so that we can win this end time harvest of souls. This end time harvest have nothing to do with money. God is going to provide everything it takes to necessitate the harvest, but it's not for us to get rich quick, rich quick. It's not for us to, 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 uh, you know, allow mammon to be our God, but it's to use whatever he gave us for the purposes of reaping the harvest of these lost souls. And that's why he's bringing unity. That's why Satan is fighting against the unity. That's why the enemy wants us to make everybody else Lord over our lives, even as the church before Jesus. 
Jesus is our king. He's a king of kings and a lord of lords. And, and even going back to this, that separation, he wants to separate us. The church, he wants to separate us, even humanity. You know, I had a, it was, uh, I can't remember what year it was. It was the uh, year when uh, I was ordained and installed as an apostle that New Year's. And that you were ordained and installed as a prophet. That I can't remember what year that was. But I was on I was on a fast. I was just I was fasting on just water, just taking in water. And I was in my closet for three days and three nights just fasting before the Lord. And uh, on that last night, on that last day, it was New Year, uh, New Year's Eve on that day. Before the pre the service to that were preceding it, um, my ceiling disappeared. My racks of clothes disappeared, and I'm actually. We're detailing this in, in, in the new book that I'm writing that's going to be called The uh, the Last Outpouring, The Last Move of God. And um, that's going to usher in the, the end time harvest of souls and the coming of the Lord. And so I'm no longer in my closet because I use my closet as my prayer closet most times. So I was no longer in my closet. I was standing before the throne of God. And that's why I say even similarity, because that, that vision, you didn't share that. You hadn't shared that for years. So just revisiting it and just sharing it, it's, it's showing me so many, limit, some, limit, uh, so many similarities to what I had seen. So I'm standing before God and Jesus is standing right here. I can see him out of my peripheral. Because, well, before that happened, the presence of God got so strong, got so strong in my closet that I, I just, my face was to the floor. I was laid prostrate before God. My face was to the floor. And then what I felt somebody, I knew somebody was standing right there in front of me. So when I looked up, everything in my closet disappeared. My, just like the walls rolled back. The ceiling just went away. And I'm standing before God. I'm standing before the Father. You know, um. So I'm looking at the father, like, well, like you were saying, he was so close, but so far away. He was so huge. But at the same time, I saw him like he was just like a regular. It's just, it's just so difficult to explain because God is multidimensional. I was seeing him in different dimensions at one time. So as I was looking at God, I didn't see anyone else. I didn't see, I, but it makes sense that it was a stadium because it was such a huge space, but it was like everything else. You know, you see a picture where everything on the outside is darkened. You can't really see it, but you just see what's right in front of you. Yeah. I could just see Jesus out of my peripheral. And Jesus talked about how no one has seen the Father at any time except those who he would reveal him to. And that was such an honor. But when I saw God, when I saw God, it's a little spoiler alert for the book. When I saw God, when I saw the Father, He, we look just like Him, but this doesn't make sense, but He looks nothing like us. We look exactly like Him, but we, He looks nothing like us. And when I saw Him, this, His eyes were just a, such a beautiful shade of blue. It was the bluest blue, not, not just like blue eyeball just the you know the uh the corneas or it was his his whole eye i could just see the depth of love yeah 
It was just like I could see so much love that it was like deeper than the deepest ocean. I was just raptured in the love that was in his eyes, right? And so when I was, I don't know, when I when I saw him face to face, he was so he is so beautiful. I didn't see the bright light where the, you know, I didn't see the bright light. I saw him. And I was, I was, I don't know why, but I was given the honor and blessing to really see him as he is. But I believe I understand why now. And what I saw was his face was alive. You know, our face is alive because we get dead skin. His face was alive, but it was moving. And in his face was every color skin tone in the world, from the lightest skin tone to the darkest skin tone. It was he, he just so beautiful, and it was just moving, and it was alive. Everything about his throne was alive. The book of Revelation even tells us that the voices came from his throne. It, it's He's alive. Everything about heaven is alive. Even the grass, the flowers, they're alive. They, um, it's just so, so awesome, so beautiful. But just seeing him, I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm trying to hold, I'm trying to hold these tears back now. Just seeing him, and that was probably happened about ten years ago. Just seeing him, I mean, I looked at him. I begin to, I begin to fall. Because I was just so awestruck. I was just so in all of him. And guess what God did? Guess what the father did? When he saw how much I was in all of him, he blushed. He went like this. He smiled and kind of, he blushed. And in him, all you see is love. Even God is humility. God not ruling with, with, with arrogance and pride. He is so humble that he blushed when I was in all of him. He was just like, he was moved by it. He was moved by it. And so, uh, I, you know, of course, needless to say that I was just, I don't know, it's just, uh, words escape me. I'm so, just so speechless. And, and, but here's, what he revealed to me, and this is what I, why I believe I saw what I was allowed to see of God. Now, now, now let's, let's bring some scripture in. What do you mean he had different colors in his face? What do you mean? Well, Jesus said God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. But if you look at light under a prism, you see a spectrum of colors, a spectrum of different colors. We are those different colors. So no matter what your skin tone is, don't despise it and don't despise other people's skin tone because that's the part of God that he gave us. And that's why Satan wants us separated because when different skin tones come together with different nations, kindreds, and tongues come together, it reminds him of the face of God. That's why he wants us divided. That's exactly why he wants us divided. So let us come together in love because when we come together in love, we form the face of God to the demonic realm. And there's nothing they can do. That's why Jesus said, when two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst. Why is he in the midst? He's at the right hand of the Father because we bring in the Father together. When we're together in unity, the Father comes, the Son comes. You know, so I, I just I just felt really 
impressed in my heart to share that that testimony. And 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 even when you was when you was when God gave you that vision in heaven, how Jesus came out from the Father, I had a similar experience. And again, I hadn't heard that dream. I mean, that vision in a long time. But a vision that I had well after you had that vision was that, uh, and this is to help people to understand the the the, the uh, Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I was uh, I was caught up in a vision to heaven, and I don't know if it was that balcony or not. I don't know, but I saw the Father standing. Again, so 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 glorious, so great, so so massive, but yet I saw him like he was a man. It's just hard to explain. And he stood over and he was looking at something which I believe was the earth. But it was very dark. And then I heard some. I heard a, a sound. I always try to make the sound, but it's nothing like how you know it sounded. But just to kind of give an example, I just heard it was just like God pulsated. The Father like went like this, and I heard boom, and then Jesus stepped out of the Father, and that was similar to what you were saying, right? And somebody said, well, that doesn't sound right. But Jesus said in his own word that you believe I've come out of the Father. You believe I've come out from the Father. Yeah, and I think the Lord showed me that just to show me that everything originated with him. Everything. Like all of us came out of him. Amen. And so even for me to have that peace of mind, like, you know, you're always saying, you know, we're seated in heavenly places and it's like, yeah, okay, okay. But what does that mean? What does right. that look like? What does that mean? Like, okay, so I'm seated here and, you know, he, the father's over there somewhere. But literally, we've, we're, we've come out of him. We are still in him. Amen. But you know what I really hope and pray? That my seat is right next to yours. <laughs> <laughs> but amen. Yeah. So I think it was just showing me that to... Have that comfort, like you're not doing this by yourself. Right. We're right. literally in him. Right. He's in us. Right. We're in him in the spirit. And literally on earth, his spirit is in us. Right, exactly. Cause <laughs> Acts 17, 28 says, In him we live and move and have our being. Yeah. And then and then the other part of that vision was after Jesus stepped out, right? I heard another I heard the same thing as a boom. And the Holy Spirit. Came out from the Father in, in, in the form of a shape of a dove. That's what I saw. Huge, beautiful, white, and just whoosh, went down to where the Father was looking. And I believe that was the beginning of creation. But uh, so that that how we understand that God is three in one. Mm-hmm. So um so that was that was that was pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. But but all is to say that Jesus is King of Kings. He's ruler. He's mm-hmm. called us to be where He is as He is. So are we on this earth? The Word of God says. So don't be don't don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. I had a dream last night. I'm not gonna go all the way into it. But people was amazed at something that God had done for me, and a person said, "That'll never happen for me. That's that's way too much for me." 
And, and in his dream, I started rebuking them, but admonishing them with love to say not to ever say anything like that. Because what you do by your words, you shut God off from what he really desires to do for you. And it's not like we chase after things and we preach for things and, and we go after these things. But Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all these things will be added to us. You know, so God added something to me and people were like amazed. And in this dream, I was telling them, I was saying, the Bible says to light yourself and he'll give you desires of your heart. Trust also him in him and he'll bring it to pass. So with how things have really become for, for even my wife and I, we could just think something, not even tell us. You don't have to tell me. I don't have to tell her. I don't have to tell anybody. I have to stand in front of everybody and say, well, I would like this. I'll see something. And it's like, man, that is nice. And won't even ask God for it. And next thing you know, it's coming through my door. God is blessing. I'm telling you, it's happened with me and my wife. It's happened so many different times. So I don't want you to fret. God is not a respecter person, but he just wants you to live for him. He wants you to please him. He wants you to be, he wants to be the center of your world. He doesn't want you to put anything or anyone else above him going back to the idolatry. He wants you to love him. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to, to worship him. He wants you to give your life fully to him and everything that you need, whether you know you may need a job, you may you may need a car, you may need a home. You, you no matter, God is going to provide. He provides everything that we need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But he, he supplies it by Christ Jesus or through Christ Jesus, which means that you have to be in Christ Jesus. You have to keep his ways and what he's telling you to do because then the benefits come through that grace. God is not obligated to bless anything that he hasn't orchestrated or that he hasn't ordained. But the Bible says he who begun the good work shall perform it. So I want, I want to just encourage everybody. Let's get closer to the Lord. Let's walk closer to him. Let's, let's just say, Lord, give me a desire to be closer to you. Help me to be closer to you. And those that don't know the Lord, those that don't know Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, show me who you are. Ask him, just say, forgive my sins. Say, make me new. Heal my heart, my mind. From all the abuse or rejection, abandonment, trauma, whatever it was that was done to you, whatever it was that the enemy perpetuated upon your life and is exploiting, give it all to Jesus and forgive those who hurt you. Forgive those who afflicted you. Forgive those who abandoned you. Forgive those who, you know, did evil unto you, that abused you in any way. Forgive them so God can make you new again. Because God can't forgive us unless we're willing to forgive those who sinned against us. So ask the Lord to forgive you and you choose to forgive. Because God has a plan for you. He has a new day for you. And that new day can start today. Don't think that tomorrow is owed to us. God has promised no man tomorrow, but he's given us today. So don't wait till tomorrow. Just say, Lord, I choose you to be my Lord. I accept you as my Lord because he loves you. No one will ever love you as much as he does. Amen. 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 Anything you want to close out with, my love? Um, I just want to just pray, Lord, right now we all decide 
to walk in the dominion that you've given us, Lord. Yes, Lord. We decide to lay down everything that is sin, that is from the enemy, that would perpetuate sin and um, the agenda of the enemy in our lives and in the region and the area that, uh, and anywhere that we've gone, that we, our, our feet have tread upon, that we've been um, a help to the enemy in any way. Lord, we just repent of that. We take yes. that back. And we now put you as king and Lord yes, over Lord. us and over the the region that you've given us, over everywhere that we tread our foot on, Lord. Right. Let it be right. a beacon of your kingship yes. in, in, in our lives, through our lives, to change the atmosphere, to change the region to change people around us, Lord. Yes, even communities and yes, schools, Lord. Absolutely. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Father. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us. On the next segment, we're going to be talking about our seat together in heavenly places. And this is really, it's, it's really amazing how God just uh, set this up. And we look forward to sharing again with you and again any questions or comments please let us know we'll do our best to answer them expeditiously listen we love you and you be blessed in jesus name thank you for joining the spiritual matters it's so very important why because this what's happening in the spiritual matters god bless you see you next time Bye. i love you guys see ya thank you for listening to the spiritual matters Tune into new episodes every other Friday. Have any questions? Comment below or email us at info at globalcore.org. That's info at globalcor.org.